And that's one of my main goals is just to like keep playing, keep writing, because it's how I stay sane and and get to play with people that we like and form stronger relationships with. So you can never lose sight of having fun playing music. Period. Yeah. Yeah. No. If if it's not fun, what's why are you doing it? Exactly. If it, it becomes a business, that's when bands break up. I because mean, then it gets all serious. A business and, can still be fun though. For you just sure. have to have the right head on your shoulders and drop your fucking ego. Mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. We've already had the beers, so cheers from the past. But here we... Jesus Christ, everything's a fucking mess. <laughs> Smacking things. I've already it's spilled. Be a good one. I've already spilled two beers on my computer during episodes. No. Wow, it has happened. So it's probably best that I don't have a beer in here right now. But sitting here with me today, three minutes later, we finally got through this introduction. More introduction. More introduction. <laughs> Kelly and Justin of the band Pack, please make some noise for the internet. What is up? We are super stoked to be here. Super stoked to have both of you here. You're good people, good adults, good human beings, a good band. And let's talk about Pack. Who wants to take the reins on telling the world what Pack is for those of you that don't know? Well, Justin, take the reins. I will start with the reins because I could kind of tell you how we got started. And where this lovely lady came into the picture. So um, a few years ago, uh, there was the Pittsburgh Plays, which was uh, we did Tom Petty. And uh, it's with Corey Muro from Punchline. He's a drummer. He's an awesome friend of mine. And Josh Mikaitis, who does a lot of booking for Live Nation. So they put this together and we did a thing for Tom Petty. And it was basically take a bunch of local Pittsburgh artists and put them into a band and play Tom Petty songs. Yeah. So out at Mr. Smalls several nights and uh, I play with my longtime friend, Josh Fiedler of the Juliana Theory, um, got to play in a band with Scott from Zayo and Chris from Punchline. So these are three bands that I grew up, you know, not necessarily idolizing, but someone who I looked up to because in the local scene, I played in pop punk bands. They were bands that were doing it and like touring. And so long story short, after that, we were like, hey, we should probably try to put something together because we have chemistry and practice a lot. And that's where kind of Pat came into fruition. But and then uh, we tried a bunch of singers out and eventually we got her and I didn't know you tried a bunch of singers out. We did, yeah. Hmm. See, we knew of Kelly because she was in a band called The Big Hurry, and Josh and I had an old band called Vesta, and we had heard her lovely voice, and I was like, what's up with that girl from Big Hurry? And he was like, I think she's in New York, and he knew one of her longtime friends, and he reached out to you, and the rest is history, but... Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you about your background. So what is your background outside of this Big Hurry? Yeah, so I, I've been playing in bands for a long time. Um, and my the band before Pack was Big Hurry, Pittsburgh band. Um, and we played here in Pittsburgh for five years. And then uh, Danny, who played drums, moved to L.A. I moved to New York. Um, but it was just super fun. What so, style of music was the Big Hurry? I, it was rock music. Mm-hmm. Um, indie rock music. And uh, we it was really great because we all had lots of different interests. Um, Andy played guitar and he was a fan of Juliana Theory. Mm-hmm. I came to the band with like, you know, taste in 
punk music, but also in in like Joni Mitchell and Tom Waits and and singer songwriter stuff. And um, you know, Danny loved like eighties pop, and and you know, Lenny was like house music and and all sorts of different stuff. Lenny has a awesome taste in in music, and um, so we came together. And I think Andy and Danny met on Craigslist, um, and then. I worked at the Carnegie Museum with Lenny, and we just um, became friends and and started making music from there. But that's fun. I always think that it's really cool when you have the opportunity to just like meet people over the years, and mm-hmm. then some in some way or another, you all start playing music together. Yeah, you know, we always. That's kind of what Greywalker is at this point. Is like it's a combination of people that all used to play shows together sure. in different bands, and now it's kind of like I don't know. A survival of the fittest to some degree where it's like, you know, we're the dummies that still want to do this. <laughs> Which is funny to hear you talk about the way you met the other guys is because yeah. it sounds so practical. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we were all playing together and we liked each other and we were practicing anyway. So we made a band. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so practical. It's so cliche. And then there was true, the singer you know? and she was back in town. So yeah, so we made a band. Which is Which- like brings us to our point (laughs) that we talked about at the bar is how do you kind of differentiate yourself from all the bands that take the serious photos and whatnot and we talked about you kind of have to humanize yourself to make you more appealing to the masses in my opinion i'm a father of four you know i Mm -hmm. change poopy diapers and hopefully that's over soon because my oldest daughter's turning nine and my youngest is three and a half so nine consecutive years of changing diapers it would be nice to just not do that anymore hell yeah so that's like what I do other than play drums. I change poopy diapers. We swerved real hard to poopy diapers. Mm-hmm. Hey. It's like <laughs> you know, this, a hard this, swerve. This, <laughs> uh, this is a podcast about real shit. Real, real shit, life. Literally. Poopy diapers. <laughs> get it I in there. I need one of those. Every time there's poopy diapers. I'll get, you, I'll get you your own set of buttons if you ever Hold, come back. Hold, please. I know we need to change you, but. Oh, yeah. For the home. For that, real life. That would be good. For real life shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Real life shit yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I think that being genuine in just being an actual human versus being this rock star is a huge thing, especially because there's this inevitability of where we are as we age and get older, mm-hmm. our like fan base, our friends, they all get older too. So it's like, do you really want to still try to pretend like you're fucking 21 years old around know. a bunch of 30 somethings, 40 somethings mm-hmm. in some cases? Like you don't. Well, we were we were talking about this earlier, but I I think that one of the when I met these guys, it was sort of like I just want to make sure I want to go and meet them before we even like agree to play together. I want to make sure that a they're nice people because mm-hmm. like you spend a ton of your time with people you're in a band with. Oh yeah. Like what's worse than realizing like oh no you're kind of an asshole. Don't waste no. your time being no, in a band with people you don't. No. Like. Yeah. yeah. They're nice guys and and they are all very nice guys. Oh thank you. But um but also that like we we're making music because it's fun and it's ultimately like you know great if we're you know you use the trace to the masses like i think like that would be nice but i think like we're making music that we like and we're making music that like we're not embarrassed to invite our friends to shows exactly. and we are are getting to we're all kind of in that same mindset of like you know we're lucky to still get to play and that's one of my main goals is just to like mm-hmm. keep, keep playing keep writing because it's how it how i stay sane and and get to play with people that we like and form stronger relationships with. So you can never lose sight of having fun playing music. 
period. Yeah. Yeah, no. If if it's not fun, what's why are you doing it? Exactly. If it, it becomes a business, that's when bands break up because I mean, then it gets all serious. A business and, can still be fun though. For you just sure. have to have the right head on your shoulders and drop your fucking ego. Exactly. And, like, stop thinking like just because like a business is successful, like there's still overhead. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, we sold all this merch, we sold all these CDs. Why aren't I making money? It's because 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 the album cost us five thousand dollars to record. Literally, yeah. You know, so it's like it's one of those things. It's like super funny when it's like okay, like sure, maybe it costs you, you know, fifteen hundred bucks to get a run of seven inch records made, right? Mm-hmm. But you need to factor in how much time it actually costs to get the music recorded, and yeah. then you put all that stuff into it, and it's like okay, if you do the math, it costs us. Eight dollars to produce something that we're selling for ten. Yep, it's like okay, so we're maybe making two bucks, not a ton maybe. of return maybe. on investment no. there, but right? Yeah. And that's you know you don't hear very often like you want to make the big bucks, like find local musicians and make a band together. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's and that's why it was sort of nice to find people that we were like, no, we we just want to make music we like. We want to like hanging out with each other we mm-hmm. be be with other nice humans and make music that we can all enjoy it's almost like being in a relationship it is a relationship of sorts right mm-hmm. but like being very crude how long how for how well, how long of a period of time can you fuck somebody that you don't like it's always very temporary not like very maybe, long are you looking for an answer to that maybe, question yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean like <laughs> It could, it could go a little bit, but eventually it's going to fall apart. But if, like, you know, you're in a relationship with people that you actually like and you love being around, like, you're going to blossom. You're going to be able to create families and birth musical children. Sure. Oh. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I like that. that. That's, that's my fucking metaphor yeah. right now. That's a great metaphor. You could <laughs> yeah. fuck forever. You know, <laughs> if you love them. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah. that's sort of, I mean, we were talking about this a little bit downstairs and to, to, extend your crude metaphor like the the thing that i'm really excited about pack is that um you know we all have like pretty full lives other than the band which i think comes with age and comes with as you are working full time and having kids and you know other passion projects so so the nice thing is like we're not practicing when we practice we show up to play which is also really mm-hmm. nice um but we're not practicing three, four times a week. And when we do show up, it's new and exciting. It's like that, that person you like, and, and you're also effing and sure. <laughs> and, and perpetual and honeymoon. Phase. That's exactly, exactly what it is. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping Justin was like, it'll last like that forever. And I was like, well, I'm just enjoying it right now. Yeah, it's just exactly. super nice to always want to like show up and make music and have new ideas. And, um, and we are a, a youngish band, but it's, it's, it's still really fun every time. So yeah, for sure. Definitely the infant stages of our band still changing our poopy diapers and pack for sure. Mm-hmm. So Back how long has pack been playing? I mean, I've played with Josh Fiedler, our guitar player, uh, since roughly 2007, uh, we've had quite a few different projects. Um, so him and I go back like 11, 12 years playing music, but for pack specifically, I'd say January of 2017, okay. roughly whenever those Tom Petty shows started. And uh, but she didn't come into the picture until quite a few months after. So we were just like in the early stages of demoing and just being excited, like we've talked about. But but yes, there were people that we tried out prior to you, and you were just the one. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna just go ahead and say we weren't pack until yeah until we were not. What when? 
Well, it was kind of cool how we did it. This was exciting. We just put a bunch of names in a hat and we sat around my pool one afternoon, or it was the evening actually. And uh, we just kind of pulled everyone's names out. And, you know, I, I had a couple really good ones in there. Coming in Stereo I thought was cool because I watched this show called 13 Reasons Why. But then Kelly was like, that sounds like you're coming like on a stereo. No, I said like also another like porn series coming in stereo. It sounds mm-hmm. like. But see, my mind doesn't think that way as a father of four. Like, I don't think about coming all over a stereo. I just thought it was a cool name. But so what we did was we just put a bunch of names in a hat and no one knew what the names were. So when we pulled it out, we could be like, that's awful. So you're not really hurting anyone's feelings, even though I had like cried in a corner with a tissue but <laughs> but uh yeah i mean pack wasn't even in there it was just one of those things where we had picked a bunch of names and no one liked any of them we just took our time we've been extremely patient which is something i've struggled with over the years in bands but we're just taking our time so yeah patience is a virtue it literally as is. they say and when it comes to doing anything creative i think the best thing that you can do is not give a shit mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems so counterproductive yep but honestly, whenever I just let go and don't give a shit, I somehow get more done mm-hmm. yeah. than when I'm stressing about things. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't know how it works. Well, I, I think we were talking about that, the honeymoon stage. And I think one of the really sort of lucky things that happened was, you know, Josh has been on tour. Chris has been on tour. Um, like you've been on tour. I had to take five months off because I had a baby very early on, which was baby tour. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very cool because I joined the band. We started making music. We decided we liked each other. And then, um, I was like, Oh, also, by the way, I might need, uh, a couple months off in about seven months because I'm going to have a baby. And everyone was like, Oh, cool. Yeah. It was, Mm -hmm. there was no, I mean, to not that it should be, it, it should be assumed that women can, be a, a mother and also be in a band and 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 show up and and still make great music. But you always, I don't know, you always have that concern that you're gonna that I mean you shouldn't, but you always have that concern that someone's gonna have a response that isn't great to that. And everyone was so encouraging, and there was never a doubt that it was gonna still work. And um, but because of that, we had a couple different forced hiatuses. So we were we've been like doing a ton of communication by email, mm-hmm. a ton of recording and sending b- stuff back and forth, which has kind of allowed us to flesh out exactly what we want to do even before we show up to practice. So that has been, I think, kind of a blessing in disguise. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, this day and age, you know, it's almost 2020. So I have a little home studio in my basement. It's 2020. We're going to live in the 20s. Should yeah. we start wearing like suits and like bow ties <laughs> and stuff again? Or? Yeah. I think it's going to be cool. But yeah, I mean, I guess my point is uh, I have a little home studio in my basement. So I'm the drummer, which is one of the most, it's the hardest thing to record, in my opinion. So I've always tried to master the craft. Absolutely. Which is something I'm very passionate about. But so we'll get together and practice and like Josh will come with a riff or Scott or Chris or whomever. And we'll kind of just structure a song and just get like a baseline of an idea. And then I'm just where my being unpatient comes into play, which I think is actually a good thing. In this case, for demoing, I will, like the next day, lay down my drums and get them to sound good. And then I'll send them over to Josh next and he'll lay down his guitar parts. And then from there, it goes to Scott, then Chris on bass, and then Kelly gets it last. And we don't even see each other. Yeah, no, it's huge. It's awesome. It's you know? huge. It makes yeah. it so much easier. The, but. the first time that happened, I was like, oh, yes, this is what it's like being in a band when you're in your 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like... like oh, someone said they were going to do something and then they never did it and we ha- sort of have an idea and we're going to practice for three weeks. It was like, oh, no, like, mm-hmm. we're writing the song. Oh, no. Oh. No. There you go. 
I, I didn't take the sticky stuff off because I want to use it again. Yeah, look Absolutely. at this promotion, though. It's un incredible. Love it. Um, but yeah, that was very cool. The first time that happened. And then it happened every other oh, for time sure. someone has had a, a song idea. It's been like, okay, now this is immediately on the record. And I've never done it in like other bands that I've had. <laughs> like in the previous bands I've been in, I don't know if it was just that time frame, but I think that everyone in this band's professional. They've toured, they've done their whole thing. And it's just, it's the excitement, honestly. It's the excitement of just putting the art together and like hearing what it sounds like. Like I can't wait until one of them is like, hey, I just like sent you our files over in Send Space. And I'm like immediately down there and my kids get involved too. You know, they love it. They're age range from three to eight. My oldest daughter will be nine, but they're super into music. They play drums, guitar, and it's just, you know, it's like a dream of mine, honestly. Yeah, no, it's super awesome. And if, you know, you know robots are going to take over one day. For sure. It's going to happen. <laughs> but in the meantime, before that does happen, let's utilize this technology to our benefit. Definitely. And if you play in a band or do art or something like that, like, mm -hmm. Working and writing music like this, it's so productive. You know, we do stuff like this with both Gray Walker and Sykes, mm -hmm. where just ideas get thrown around because we can't see each other all the time. Yeah. But everybody has our fucking phones. Yep, exactly. And, you know, we can send files, get ideas, fuck around with little riffs here and mm -hmm. there. Everybody has a couple extra hours, you know, in a week to do that. And then yep. when we do get together, it's like, okay. We're all caught up. Let's just yeah, definitely start doing the stuff. How Speaking often do you do that anymore? That do you get together and practice? And we real still life? we try to do once a week once a for week. both projects. Um, with Sykes, it's less like band practice and more like studio stuff. Like we're doing a lot of pre-production for the new album right now. Mm -hmm. Nice. So like as we write, we're pretty much doing pre-production since it has since like it's like a hip hop bass. So I'm sure, like, I'm like programming out all the drums and That's the synth awesome. stuff. And then they'll come over and we'll start laying down bass and mm -hmm. guitar and like getting like chunks of songs together and like, oh, like maybe this chorus should be shorter. Maybe it should, you know, like we can actually just take everything and move it in the DAW versus like, let's play it again. Yeah. Yep. Play it again. Yeah. Play it That's again. That's awesome. I think that that kind of uh, kind of taps in a, a little bit of a different creative place because you're instead of just like writing and writing and writing or playing and playing and playing you're editing yeah you're editing yourself while you're going and i like being cool. able to like really get really nitpicky with nuanced stuff like we'll demo vocals and like maybe mandy will do some weird melody thing mm -hmm. and like all of a sudden it's like okay now that's kind of clashing with the bass line that justin's playing but if justin retracts just like a couple little shifts a couple things now it's tight and exactly. actually being able to hear it like that's a lot of stuff that you miss when you're in a practice space, you don't always hear everything. And then you're in the studio on your dime mm -hmm. and you catch it. And then all of a sudden you're trying to do this cool little thing, but it's costing you an extra yep. 50 bucks or whatever you're paying to be there. Exactly. Yeah. I was just talking to Chris about recording and I almost think at this point I've learned I need to do like a fake recording before I do the actual recording. Cause there's something about the pressure to be like, this is the last, yeah, Pre yeah I guess there's a word for that, mm -hmm. but there's like something about the pressure of it being like, okay, this is, this is the last time I'm going to sing this that you get. I get, like, yeah. I get a ton of new melody ideas. I'm like rethinking my lyrics. I'm like thinking about parts everyone else could be playing. And I think you hear me like, as soon as I am recording anything, I set I immediately texting out to you guys like, hey, how come we did it this way? And like, why mm -hmm. is this set up this way? And why didn't like, like maybe we could revisit this part? And it's it's always like it's too late. Yeah. But it's not too late. But it's and like, that's where like the uh, I didn't mean to interrupt, but 
I didn't want to forget this point. So pre-production is so key, especially within pack, because once you get to that studio atmosphere where you're spending like five to thousands of dollars, which we get a Dave Heideck at the church and uh, we use Garrett at Tree Lady for mastering just to yeah, give them a little awesome. shout out. We've dealt with Dave for years and Garrett, but um, we're very prepared because it's we have those to have demos. Talented friends. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So we have those demos in pre-production and I play to a BPM live, um, a click track. So literally we just give the songs to Dave and then he imports them and then I have my click and the demo right there. And we already know, you know, it's a smooth transition, a smooth process. And I feel like, you know, if you're a younger band to kind of give you guys advice, if you're listening in, um, you know, just mm. be prepared, be prepared. Like, I guess, okay. So that's like a good topic. What would you, what advice do you give like a young band these days? Like, it's so different from when we were young and my space was just coming in. That was like sure. huge. You know? I always tell people just even on this topic, like, I think being able to use the technology. Everybody has phones. Everybody has some computer. Even if it's one that's like five years old, it will work. Mm -hmm. Get a cheap little interface and start learning how to self-demo. Yep. Even if what you're doing, it doesn't sound great, it doesn't matter. Just having that ability to actually play back everything and really hear it outside of the practice space will make you focus better on writing better songs. For sure. And when you get into the studio... Having the knowledge of how things work will give you better communication with the producer or whoever is engineering and you can talk with them about things. Mm -hmm. So if like you don't agree with something instead of like, oh, I want that to be louder yeah. or I think that's too loud. You could be like, yo, I think the compressor you're putting on my vocals is crushing all the dynamics and I don't like it. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so you can be more knowledgeable and have uh, them know what you want and it helps. No, for Knowledge sure. is power, motherfuckers. It is totally power. And that's like where we're at right now. We uh, So like our 2020 plans, we um, just recorded four brand new songs and literally like we go back and forth. We have a Dropbox with Dave, our producer, engineer, and we're at like mix number eight for like some of the songs. Like it's just the attention to detail that he puts in. It's cool because he gives us ideas, but we could also say, Hey, like you're missing this guitar part that Josh had played. Could you boost that up? And like, we have the references and yeah. just make things so much easier. Another thing that I think that I would give advice to like younger bands, not necessarily like age wise, but mm -hmm. just like, the, the age of the band itself, like the project. Sure. Is I think that with the technology, it's really easy to want to record stuff before the songs are ready. Mm -hmm. And when we're in this realm where we are, where we don't have the time or the means to be like, okay, well, we're touring on these songs for a year before we record them. Mm -hmm. And like you're really playing them and you're learning all these nuances and changes on stage. Mm -hmm. I think that helps so much if you can have the patience to really let the songs grow. For sure. But for a lot of projects, it's hard to do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. But sometimes it's also easy to record the songs before they're really ready. Oh, for and sure. then you end up with things where it's like, well, it's too late to yeah. do that. Mm -hmm. So also like exercising some patience, even if you don't want to, is something that I would definitely recommend. Definitely. And it's like I feel like some younger bands like tend to overproduce. And so like when you see the band live, it's like they don't even sound like that because oh, they have yeah. like so many backing tracks and try to be authentic. Like, I think that's one thing Pat captures is, you know, like the harmonies from like the, the guitar playing, the drum work, the samples that I create, you know, it's all there live. So we sound pretty authentic and yeah, a I, lot of bands don't have that. But I think there's no right way to do it. I mean, there's, there, are, there is interesting recording that, that, that could, couldn't be replicated live and you wouldn't want it to be. And I think like th there's, there's a difference between like, just going in 
to record something and, and making it that moment in time. So mm-hmm. I, I think I wouldn't even give a band advice on that. I would say just do what feels right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, think I could agree with that. Another thing that I would say, and I believe maybe I've talked about this before with another guest, is finding the right producer for you and mm-hmm. not just going to somebody because they record music yeah because it may not be the right producer or i've known bands that have like fallen victim to this thing where they get in contact with somebody that's like oh you know this person produced a, a weezer track yeah. or this person did this and that and i'm like okay that's cool but your band sounds nothing like that mm-hmm. and then they work with them and it's like yeah i know i definitely talked about this recently but it was like I listen, it's like you see them live and like there's all this great energy and things like that. And then I hear the recording and it's like this feels like I licked a wet nap. Yeah, it doesn't like it's so sterile and clean and safe and Mm -hmm. overproduced. And like it's not necessarily it's overproduced. It's just like you're trying to take something that's supposed to be gritty Mm -hmm. and like, you know, squeeze it in this suit that it doesn't fit. For sure. It just looks like awkward and uncomfortable. And that's funny you say that because like Dave just sent us new mixes of one of our songs and he said, you know, after I step back and re-listen to it, you guys are a loud band, like guitar driven, like heavy drums and, you know, listen to this louder version versus like the original version, which, you know, we got mastered and whatnot, but um, that's very true. Like we're a loud band and that's what he sees and that's the kind of direction we ended up going with. And I think something that's really important with music is like dynamics. I think mm-hmm. every song should be a roller coaster and like the more dynamics that you can pack into the band, no pun intended <laughs> or pun intended would be to, you know, like, yeah, you are a loud rock band, but you know, you also have like this like, crazy, you know, really guitar driven music, but with like a strong female vocal. And that's always like a dynamic that always works if it's done correctly. Mm-hmm. But it's also really easy sometimes, I think, for maybe a producer to be like, oh, there's a female vocal on this. So maybe the music's too, maybe it should be, we should bring it down and make it a little bit exactly. safer and cleaner because, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's something that I've seen happen. And we went like, back and talking, forth. Talking, like, thinking about the band that I am talking about. It's, mm-hmm. like, exactly the situation that it happened. Yeah, for Just sure. Like, you know, we want to present this in a different way because it's a female-driven band. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sick of hearing that, that phrase. Like, yeah. And even hearing you say, like, when there's a female vocal, like, mm-hmm. I, like it makes me cringe because I... Like I didn't come off and say like you're a great male podcaster and you're yeah. a great male drummer. Like if I if I hear that one more time, I'm gonna well, lose I think it. <laughs> in terms of what I'm thinking about, is it's just like you know like a, a a lot of female vocals just have they have a different like sonic delivery Mm -hmm. to their voice a lot of the time so like when you're thinking about like a sonic mix of things having like a real heavy mix with like the frequency range where a female vocal tends to sit Mm -hmm. and like you know the right delivery and dynamics of vocal things like that can mesh together and it makes a really really cool sound Mm -hmm. that i like to hear there's a higher end vocal the is what you're trying to And say. that's like with our first batch of mixes that we got, if you remember, like your vocals were extremely out front and we were like, we're not necessarily trying to be a pop band. And like Kelly has an amazing, beautiful voice. I always commend her on that. And I, too much. Yeah, I probably too much. She's always sending the blush face emojis and whatnot. But I'm just, I'm very happy to like have someone like her. She's extremely talented, but you can't forget that her voice is also like an instrument. It, it, you know, you want it to set right with the other yeah. instruments. Not, you know, it's not the Kelly show. It's the pack show. Well, it's like thinking about like something like, a okay. Like a band that I like, one of my favorite bands of all time is Paramore. 
Mm -hmm. I think they're a phenomenal rock band. But can you picture those songs with a male vocalist? No. Like, I can't. I feel like it would just be a different thing. Mm -hmm. It would just be such a different thing. There's just something about um, Haley Williams' vocal delivery and the way that they used her voice with writing those songs. Like, Mm -hmm. everything was kept in mind so perfectly with songwriting and production. Yeah, it was really cool. Did she write the songs? Well, no, I mean, the bands wrote the songs. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their writing process was like, mm-hmm. but at the end result was something where it was like everything, this, like the way the guitars were tuned and recorded and the tones and everything and the way that like her vocals sit in the mix. It's insane how good the mixes are in those mm-hmm. albums. Mm-hmm. I love Brand Zach Farah's drumming. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I use triggers for like our home demos and there's like literally uh, in Steven Slate triggers, it says Paramore kit because. Oh, awesome. And they're in brand new eyes, which is like my the, favorite record of yeah, theirs I was personally. Just, uh, I just did my top 10 albums of the decade and brand new eyes was uh, one that I think it's one, it's one of the best rock albums of my lifetime. It's a great record. And after like the Pharaoh brothers quit, which, you know, obviously Zach's back in the band. What drives me nuts about Paramore is. Um, the fact that like they kind of just market themselves as the three of them now, but they have all these incredible musicians. And like I hate when bands don't give other musicians credit. Like Green Day, like they have that extra oh, yeah. guitar player. He's been with them for like 15, 20 years at this well, point, but they never I know. think it's it's like when your band becomes a brand and it, yeah. it, it, it escapes you. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where it's like who knows what Green Day wants to do? Who knows what Paramore wants to do? Yeah. It's like they're they have to answer to dad or mom, exactly. whoever the, the the boss is in mm-hmm. the situation at this point. So it's like, you know, this is what we're gonna market. This is what people know Paramore is. It's the three of you. That's yeah. It. I don't give a shit if you want Jeff to be in the photo. Exactly. Nobody knows who the fuck Jeff is. <laughs> He's not gonna be in the photo. Poor Jeff. Yeah, no, poor Jeff. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I I I do get it. But um I think that, yeah, they're a great band. And like, yeah, the whole like anytime I like get like I get a lot of press kits and stuff because for some reason people think that I promote shows or like I'm a radio station. Like Mm -hmm. my email must be on some like (laughs) DIY music blog somewhere. And like you always get press kits for things where it's like, you know, female fronted rock band with five million views on YouTube. And it's like, what did you just I don't. Yeah. Is when you turn like someone being a female in the band into like a niche thing it it like there's so there's so many amazing female musicians and when you we treat it as like a marketing tool or a selling point and i like i can't imagine that the female musician in that band was like oh make sure you tell them it's a female there's a female in the band but like when you treat it as a marketing tool it it like disregards that like in why why have I'm just I don't know. It's weird. It's like I understand where you're coming from 100% because I'm the same way. It's like I I've I grew up listening to all different kinds of music. There's always been females in music. It's mm-hmm. not like some new wacky thing for me. And you know you, what I mean? You like call like, that out. It treats it like it's a like it's a niche thing or like yeah. it's a it's a it's a marketing point to be celebrated rather than just like play more play more female musicians mm-hmm. and then it won't be a niche thing. You know? Like Give more attention to to female musicians and then it won't be a like a a, I think that there's but maybe on the flip, there's some people that maybe like like knowing that in a positive way. It'll help gravitate them towards it. Like, oh, like I like rock music, but I'm tired of hearing music with men in it. And maybe that is a demographic of people that 
you are into or you're not into, but those people out there exist. They probably like rock music, but they're tired of hearing white men in their rock music. So mm-hmm. they want to hear female fronted music. There's so, plenty of it. Yeah, like there's this. plenty of it. Fleetwood and, Mac. Or- but you may not know if it's not advertised. I don't know. I'm not a... Uh, I'm not yeah. a manager, but I, I imagine yeah. like, you know, how sleazy marketing can be when it comes mm-hmm. to things. It's like, what can we do to make sure people, you know, best selling female author, J.K. Rowling? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like mind blowing. We, we get it. Yeah. But Sorry, you, some you people ca- need to know. You caught me at a pain point. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, no, I think it's great. These are good things to talk about. And another thing. Because obviously, like if anybody has an opinion on this that should be heard it would be you person in band that may or may not be female (laughs) right 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 i want to take this to a different topic as just an awful joke but i think it's funny personally because we just talked about harry potter so occasionally i'm a hired gun which is a good documentary on netflix called hired gun you should definitely check it out but i uh, play with the emo band on occasion i phone for Corey and nate Hall, you know Nate Hall. I do. And uh, he always tells this joke. He doesn't always tell, but sometimes I'm like, tell the Harry Potter joke just because we just mentioned that topic. How does Harry Potter get around? I don't know. Walking. JK rolling. Put, push the button. Oh. JK push rolling. I, I get it. Um, yeah, I know. Next, I, time, I don't next even... time use the comma, though. JK, JK rolling. rolling. Hold it. Let me do that again. Button, do button. you want to wait on the button? No, no. Press the button. Wait, wait, wait. Press the button. Excellent. <laughs> Love it. That's normally how people react like in different cities, too, <laughs> to be honest with you. That's like one that it takes a second to think yeah, about exactly. it. And then when it hits, I could not give less of a shit. I'm exactly. Just like, oh, okay. And like some people don't even know who JK Rowling is. Oh, yeah. That's a joke. That's how I feel about that. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That, that's a thing that happened. <laughs> you could edit that out if you want. I know it's all. Uh, no, no. We'll keep it in. It more, more of those. More button pushing moments. That's okay. What yeah, at. I like the buttons. It's all right. Cool. <laughs> we'll get more buttons pushed. Speaking of pu- pushing buttons and female fronted rock bands and I, pushing buttons. so i'm playing a show next month with a female fronted rock band oh my goodness yeah and and a male drummer and a male drummer actually i'm I'm not even in the band i'm playing a show with two female fronted rock bands yes you are Mm -hmm. and technically sykes and the new violence is half female fronted Mm -hmm. so yes sykes and the new violence dinosaur girls girls yeah girls night out motherfuckers Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. There should have been a girl playing that arcade cabinet on the floor. I know, right? Let people know. Girls are invited. Yeah. Girls are invited, please. No. All jokes aside, we're playing a show. Tell the people about it. Black Forge Coffee, which I'd like to give a shout out to Ashley because she does a wonderful job. This is female fronted business owner. Yeah. Also a woman. Also a woman. She's Believe awesome. Women are in the world. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Turns out. Yeah. So it is January 18th, 7 p.m. Doors. Um, Sykes and New Violence, Pack and Dinosaur. All it's going to be a great lineup. Um, what else do you have to do in the dead of winter other than go see awesome rock bands? And so 7 p.m. Black Forge and McKee's Rocks. Ten bucks to get in. Come support local music is something I always like to stress because you know Justin made a point. He he uh, posted something on Facebook not too long ago. Several I don't know like two or three months ago, and he just said I want to make it a point to go support more local bands because I always ask people to come see my bands, and I think it's something we all have to 
stick together in like this tight niche community is just support support one another with you know our projects and you know i've been fortunate enough to be in the local scene since my early 20s and it's just it's cool to see where it's come over the years you know with all the different venues i remember playing at graffiti when i was like 13 years old in my first pop punk band all right grandpa but it's it's a good time to be in a pittsburgh band i mean mm-hmm. there's there's so much good pittsburgh music happening and it's yeah. i mean it's lucky that it's not a chore that like you feel lucky on any day of the week that you can go see a great local band like it's, yeah, it's so it's funny the, the way that you feel attacked by female fronted oh i let's let it go no i, I just no. it is it is <laughs> no. a pain point but no, just well, every time i hear it it makes me like i think i i want to have a response that like when it's female fronted or female vocalist i want to be like male drummer like really mm-hmm. are we calling sure. this out now? no <laughs> but, but no the, the, but the that that feeling that you get i mm-hmm. get on a small scale when people are talking about local bands yeah. mm-hmm. i feel like that term is like it is what it is. Like, yes, we are a local sure. band, but why can't we just be a, a band? band? Yeah. And uh, there's this thing where it's like, you know, like support local music. It's like, I don't give a fuck if you support local music. Just support music. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't give mm-hmm. a fuck if you're only passionate about Taylor Swift. Sure. Just be passionate about it. Share it with people and just be positive. Uh, I hate all of this like underdog sort of mentality like yeah they're they're stepping us down and we're never gonna make it because we're local musicians it's like it's just an excuse what is making You're just it? a fucking you band know? but uh like we talked about yeah. downstairs what is making it like you said that some of your friends tour and they're almost envious of like us like i have a normal job i have four kids i love to play drums and i'm extremely passionate and yes i would like for you know it would be cool to play in front of millions of people and make millions of dollars i think if your definition of success is based on somebody else's life you're always gonna fail exactly it has to be your own definition you have to set your own rules and what's right for you and what's Mm -hmm. right for me is not going to be right for you or you or maybe there could be coincidental things where it's like yeah we're on the same page but Well, you, when Guy's Weekend hits it big, which mm-hmm. that was the name of your rap project, My rap right? project, yeah. Then we'll have another conversation because that, that's going to change things, I think. Okay. Yeah, he'll bring us all along for the ride. It's just relaying a message via art, and maybe it'll help someone going through a rough time or going has anxiety or depression or thinks about suicide. Maybe they hear your message and it prevents them from doing something or makes them put a smile on their face. To me, that's music. And it's cool with music to be able to look back and have that song remind you of a time in your life. That's what music's about. It's not about yeah. making a ton of money or riding in a tour bus. Like, listen, I've toured in vans. It's not everything it's cracked up to be. I mean, it's cool to like share that with your friends. Yeah. But, yeah, I think no. too, it's okay to realize like there's something about, I mean, it's great to share what you're making and, and to be, to have great relationships, but there is something about making music and making art in general that is just a selfish act. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's for me, it's meditative and it's, it's fun and it keeps me sane and it's how I, how I like live the rest of my life in a, in a healthy way. But it's, it's also just like, it's nice to be able to, 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 tap on that place in your brain and also just like be have the luxury to do that like it's it's really it's it's a luxury to to be able to make music and mm-hmm. make music with people you like so i, I think 
that's that's how I look at it, at least. That's how I express myself. I'm 37 years old, and I'm thankful that I still get to do this. And Are we still talking about Guys Weekend here? Not Guys Weekend. I think we'll talk about PAC a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just one of those things that I've been doing since I was a young kid, and I'm very passionate about it. And I draw, and I paint, and she's an artist. And I think we all have things that, you know, it's a way to express ourselves. And, you know, when you lose sight of that and you like we talked about business, you know, that's where it becomes unfun. And that's where bands tend to fail because it's no longer fun. So I hope that we always stay in this honeymoon stage because it is really fun. Mm -hmm. You know, we look forward to getting together and like, she's one of my new best friends. Like I didn't really know Kelly Pryor and Chris is one of my new best friends, you know, and Scott, I've known Scott for years, but like we never really got in a room. And now I've learned like all these other things about my new friends that I would have never known. And it's because of music, which is awesome. I liked how you called Josh your long-term friend mm-hmm. is that what you called him he's like one of my best friends yeah, long-term for sure. friend mm-hmm. and i i've never heard that before it's like you've been in a long-term relationship uh-huh. my long-term yeah friend. i mean yeah that's so, so sweet <laughs> I, yeah i mean that's what he is and like you're all my friends you know we're not just people in a room and i think you need to be really good friends in order to spend as much time w- that you can in a band i mean if we hop in a van which eventually i hope that we'll do some weekend runs and that's a plan you know but we're also parents so we're not going to just tour the world yeah, but, no, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? You have to be able to get along with one another or it's not going to work. So, yeah, at very least you not hate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's always fun. To, even if you're only going out for a few days to go play a place that you've never played or maybe somewhere you haven't been in five mm-hmm. years and try out your music in front of a group of people that don't know who you are or give a fuck. And yep. you can get them to buy a shirt at the end of the night. Like, cool. Like, yeah, exactly. You made a complete yeah. stranger, you know. How be into your is stuff. That? It's yeah. it's like a it's a really cool moment to be mm-hmm. able to do that. And I think it's just like cuz in that moment you're not the local band. Mm-hmm. You're just a band. And it's like I just want local bands, bands in whatever city you're in to stop being like we're the local band. Just say you're a band. And if you're going out to a show, like, hey, we're going to go see some bands. We're going to go see some local bands. Yep. Whenever you go out to eat, you're not like, we're going to go to some local restaurants this weekend. Mm-hmm. You're like, we're just going to go to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. There's a new place that opened up. Heard it's good. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, there's a there's a band. Heard they're good. Let's go see them. You yep. know, like that, that's what it's about. The whole like dynamic of people. It'll be like, hell yeah, like home team, independent restaurants, all about it. You know, I don't care if I have to spend an extra 15 bucks on a plate of food. It's local. And then local band, fuck that. <laughs> it's such a weird thing. It is, for sure. Especially- I, I didn't even know that that was, a, that was a mentality out there. I sort of thought, it, like, I that people people have their local bands, and you almost, you love them more because they're, I, it's hometown pride. I think it, it depends on your friend group i think if you are connected with a lot of people in the music scene and all of your friends are like in that peripheral music scene mm-hmm. thing then they get it but i'm talking about like trying to get people that don't have friends that are in bands mm-hmm. people that just go out for fun mm-hmm. yeah getting them more because that's what we need to do like i think it's really easy to get into this thing where it's like you make a band and you start playing shows and you're inviting people on the internet and it's just people that are in bands mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like if you actually want to build a fan base or get people to come out to shows you got to invite people that aren't in fucking bands yeah, yeah. and get them to I'm, come i'm naive to that i i have friends that do all different things but they're they've all been nice enough to always come see whatever bands are playing because they want to be out. And yeah, also I everybody's think the nice different. thing is everybody's different. That's mm-hmm. very true. The, the nice thing is too, like when you, when you are having fun and doing what you're doing, then like 
a show is you're going to see good music, but it's also like you're going to have a fun time. It's like a nice scene. So people like, well, yeah. want to be out and, oh, and, um, and be with people who are having fun doing what they're doing. So uh, I think that's that's another nice thing about like it's never a chore to hang out with buddies. And it's it's I think it it's it makes for a fun night. So that's another plug for our show because like we're going to just go have fun. <laughs> I think that, yeah, it's really important. It'll I talk about night. this a lot. Another thing that's important for bands that are starting out, especially bands that want to book their own shows and things like that, like your lineup and your location and everything matters so much mm-hmm. because if you're a band of 30-somethings inviting a bunch of 30-somethings out, they're not coming out 100% to see your band. They want to make sure that maybe they can get something to drink. They're going to have a good time. They're going to get to see something cool. Like they're dedicating their night out. They're getting some idiot teenager to watch their kids mm-hmm. or they're doing this and that. And you, they got to figure out a lot of stuff to come see you. So you better make sure that like it's an enjoyable place for them to be. Yeah. Exactly. With a clean place to pee. Yeah. Damn it. I've peed in some really crappy bathrooms over the years. Oh, yeah. It's like a badge of honor. There will be a clean place to pee, just so you're all aware. At Black Forge, yes. Spread the word. If that's the only reason you come, because you need a clean place to pee, that's... It's funny. I was trying to think of, like, how we could promote the show, because it's, like, in the dead of winter, and you want people to come out to see your local band. But now we could just say, you know, a clean place to pee is the place to be. Yeah. Come on, Brian. What do you have to say to me? Oh, button. Hit the button. I'm not going to start the beat again. <laughs> but what I will say is spread the word. Black Forge, healthy place to drop a turd. Ooh. Ooh. Hit the button. <laughs> <laughs> that was <Don't> awesome. <laughs> so with being friends, mm-hmm. since you're supposedly friends with each other yeah, in the okay. band, one thing I like to talk about, we're talking about local restaurants. Mm-hmm. Local. Is there a place where Pack likes to go Maybe after a show, maybe after a practice or anywhere. Do you ever take the time to maybe like get together, eat somewhere, drink somewhere? Do you got like a local haunt? Well, I've been Justin has this great pool in his backyard (laughs) and I have been trying to get invited to a pool party for a year. So we're going to do that. The pack pool party. Yeah, I have a yeah. I mean, come on. It sells it sounds itself. like a blast, right? Yes. It does sound like a good time. It's not all it's cracked up to be, but no, it's pretty cool. But Canada. yeah, I mean, I can see it now. It's uh-huh. funny because now that like I'm 37 years old, I have four kids, I'm a drummer. So like the drummer thing was always a there. Male like, drummer. I'm a, a male, male drummer. drummer <laughs> a male backed band with a male drummer. But like for me, because I'm the drummer and it's a pain in the ass to lug your shit everywhere, like I've always just, hey, come over to my garage or now I have like my own little studio in my basement come here it's convenient and um you know you could hear my kids running around upstairs i mean it's, my oldest daughter does like dance and gymnastics so there's always like flips awesome. and loud it's you great. know so you're trying to demo and there's like all these loud noises if if i mute like different instruments at my house you could hear like my kids screaming and stuff it's funny but so fun. but yeah i mean there's not a particular place but to your point i do advertising professionally for the past 15 years so that is near and dear to my heart local businesses um back to the local term but yeah it's really hard to have a a business and um i pride myself in trying to go to all these different establishments like your black forge coffee and local places around the pittsburgh area because i see what people do and invest in marketing with me and they trust me it's it's hard man and i'm sure if you want the brain behind a clean place to pee Mm -hmm. that great motto that we just figured out this is your guy yeah yeah 
So yeah, there's a, a ton too. of places I'd love to Good name habit. drop, but yeah, I mean, as far as pack, we're pretty low key. We just hang out at my house. It's mostly in Justin's basement. It's it's in my basement. We're, we're okay. talking about how grown up we are. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. might as well be at like, you know, our mom's house. There's nothing the- better than being at home. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I finally have I have a house that I like, and I worked a lot to yeah. get this place and i have it set up the way that i want and everything's all perfect it's my space right exactly then it's like okay i have a night off let's go out let's not spend time in this place that i worked for the past fucking 10 years to build up let's <laughs> yeah, go out yeah mm-hmm. so like it's funny like i'm just so i mean i'm not very old i'm 34 mm-hmm and I just turned 34 and I'm very like Happy just birthday. now. Thank you. I'm just getting yeah. into this mindset now where like if I have a weekend off where it's like I don't no longer feel the need to go out. Like I feel like mm-hmm. I lived in Southside for a long time. So there I feel like that was like it was like in my bloodstream for a while. Mm-hmm. I haven't lived in Southside for a few years and now it's finally kicking in where if I don't have anything to do, I can actually just hang out at home and do nothing and I feel good Isn't about it, it. Well, as a, I think too, as a creative person, like you're an artist and a musician, like you need time mm-hmm. for nothing. And I think it's, it's funny to try to uh, marry being a social person and being, and, and, you know, like wanting to go see music and wanting to experience your town and, and also spending having time alone to one recharge and to like spend, spend time doing the work. Cause I think that's, it, you know, that's, that's what you do when you have time off is you, <laughs> if you're passionate about it, you do more of what you love. Uh-huh. So it is, it's like a, and that's, I don't know, something I've been, I've worked, my, I, I still haven't figured it out, but <laughs> yeah, my like whole life operates off of Google calendar mm-hmm. and I'm really good at, if I get everything in my calendar done, Instead of just being like, oh, I did everything I wanted to do today. Time to relax. I'm like, oh, let's see if I can get a head start on shit for tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good for you. Yeah. It's it's good to have one of those kind of minds. Yeah. I do not. It's it's bad. <laughs> I'm getting back to just being able to like, if I get everything done, just like, okay, let's fucking, let's sit down and, you know, catch just up with chill. the Mandalorian or Ooh, something. Are you watching that? Hell yeah, I am. Me too. I just watched the most recent one last night. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what are your thoughts? I think it's fucking sick. Off. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I am somebody that I'm a pop culture guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I have Ninja Turtle tattoos. I grew up in all this shit. I'm a child of the nineties, yep. but I'm also very, I have a very healthy distance when it comes to like, letting it affect me negatively Mm -hmm. like a lot of people will be like oh the new star wars movie is gonna be shit and it's like who cares it's fucking star wars watch it it's not gonna be great it's a science fiction movie it's fine just watch it enjoy it it's like people that get like real bent out of shape and things or like get like really deep into like all these like fan theories and stuff like that like it's i'm glad it exists but when it like enters a toxic place that's not part of the canon yeah Yeah. it's like like, the, shut up my my husband is is a real big star wars fan and it's one of the reasons that i love star wars so much is because he has such a like just pure joy for it and just excitement for it so you know we watched the movies together when we were dating early on and just watching him like explain to me everything was going on and then this happens and then you know this this was in one of these books but you know and now it's not part of the canon anymore like he knows everything <laughs> and it's 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 so it's like you know of course it's like attractive to see people mm-hmm. when like talk about what they're passionate but it's also just like it just it warms my heart yeah. to hear him talk about it. and and one of the things he said when we went to see the most recent no well we went to see Rogue One 
which was awesome. That was my favorite recent one that's been released. But he was like, you know, we can spend time criticizing it, but isn't it just nice to have more? So, like, like something mm-hmm. you love, isn't it just nice to have more of it? What I said about Rogue One after I saw it, I was like, this is... Are you familiar with um, Mad Mex, the mm-hmm. restaurant chain in Pittsburgh? Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Rogue Run. Local restaurant. Rogue One is the Mad Mex of Star Wars movies. No. No, because I it's like it's like not great, but it's good, and I'll go and I'll enjoy it. See, I I thought it was such a it came from such a different place. Like I I was watching it and thinking this is a war film, you know, like it's it was just such a different slice of that universe. Like it 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 smacked of like a like a World War II movie or something when you're watching it, the way it's like in the battle scenes and the yeah. way it ends. Like just this. I just thought it was fun and silly yeah. and lots of, lots of bang, bang blow ups. Yeah. And I was like, cool. Oh, but still it was so, it was like, hits you hard though. No, like it's, I guess maybe that's where my emotional disconnect mm. cuts off. Like I don't get, <laughs> I've never even seen a Star Wars movie to be honest with that. Okay. I'm a big horror guy, so but yeah, I know. Like Josh was like, you have to like you just like you don't watch Star Wars, and I'm like, I don't know, dude. It's just like yeah, that's I, okay. That's it's, the other thing too. I'm not gonna be the type of person that's ever. Like, you you know. have to yeah, see it, like, you know. But, fucking, I, yeah, but like, how how much fun is it to watch? I watch them with someone who's never watched before. Mm-hmm. Like that is fun, and that's yeah. the way. Like that, Eric, my husband Eric, approached it with me and was like, "Oh, this is great! Like we get to watch these things together." And same thing with like you're a big Harry Potter fan. No, I'm a big Fredhead. Fredhead, okay. yeah. yeah, but. But you were talking about seeing Harry Potter. Your wife. Oh, the Harry Potter yeah. thing. So, yeah. Like, how cool is it? Someone. I was talking about Universal, the ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get to experience the joy that you had when you first were a part of something with someone. Yeah, it's like these things it. are made. They're made for entertainment, yeah. and if you're gonna like let it get into this negative space, it's like time for some self evaluation. Yeah. There was all of this like crazy negativity going on around the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge that I kept reading about online before we went to Disney World. Mm-hmm. So like okay, like this is supposedly going to be dog shit. Like whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, hearing nothing but bad things about it cuz that's all people want to do is spread bad things. And we went in there and walked around and I was like this oh, is cool. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not great. I'm still in a theme park. I'm not convinced that I'm in fucking Star Wars. Yeah. I, mean, like, I get it. It's a theme park. But, but how can it be awful? Some of like, the most amazing minds in, yeah. in set design and in makeup are involved in creating this world for you. It's not going to be terrible. It's going to still like be exciting. Yeah, people are so weird. And then when the Mandalorian started playing, I was like, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Why is nobody talking about this? I'm like, oh, because it doesn't suck. And then the first chance somebody had to say something about mm-hmm. it was there was a big episode four when they introduced the one female character mm-hmm. and they're like, the Mandalorian female portrayal is negative of, you know, fe- portraying females in a bad light. And I'm like, I don't know. It's oh, Star Wars. That yeah, mean, that's that's the only time I started hearing people talking about the Mandalorian was like people throwing shade at it because there was like women working in the field in the one episode whenever. The, oh, you know, like, yeah. Huh. And it's like, I don't know. It just seems like a – there was f- males and females working together yeah, to have their little yeah. community. Fighting together. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's just like nobody wants to talk about anything unless they can talk shit because yeah. that's what – Because they have a platform you with get a social bu- media. You get a bunch of yeah. angry clicks and then they yeah. get all their little ad revenues and mm-hmm. things and they make their money off of hate. Yeah. What if we talk about positive things, you know? Like, hey, that movie's great. You know, it's art. Like – how about Ghostbusters? Have you seen the new preview for that? Are you a Afterlife? 
Um, Dude, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it seems fine. I've been waiting for a sequel since the 80s, like since I was a little kid, you know. And One thing that I ne- I haven't watched the female <laughs> Ghostbusters from 2016. Um I haven't. I've been wanting to sit down I and check it out. It is, yeah. yeah. I've heard that it's like total dog shit, but I, like, I want to. Really? I, I want to watch it. I've heard nothing but bad things about it. That's because it. there's the people who want like the sequel, and it's a totally different. It's, it's yeah, like it's a, different, you know. but it's. I mean, it's a joyful movie, just like the first one was. Like, it's, yeah. It's, but there's backlash now because people say that they're shitting on that movie because it was female friendly. Like, no, it's just this is like a sequel from the original, and that was like its own remake entity, and it's awesome. And why can't people just appreciate like everything as opposed to yeah, it's, just shit on everything it's, like, it's ghostbusters why do we have to make it why do we have to politicize this yeah. fucking like a comedy movie but that's how everything is yeah. right now it's everything has to be i don't know maybe it's your, just your, your, like, your political agenda is attached to literally every single thing that you do from like what you watch on tv to the shoes you wear to yeah. how you style your hair it's mm-hmm. i just crazy. wonder if it was it like this back like when we were growing up or is it just fuck no now because of social media and fuck we have no. a platform we, we all have way too much information that's yeah. the problem i i also think and not to get too deep into it but the stakes are higher like i think politically like things have gotten things have gotten extreme so you want to attach your opinion to things because it's like you know if, if i'm not pissed off about this what am i gonna be pissed off about um, and that's where we'll leave that. I sure. just, well, I, think, I well, live my life like I not th- to talk politically at all because I don't even want to go down that road. Like Katie, I don't talk politics. But as long as I wake up and like my kids are safe and there's not bombs and shit like landing on my house, then I'm like, cool. Like my kids are healthy that's and they're lucky. safe. That's yeah, a lucky exactly. Way yeah, I think that it's it's a way to think about it is. Social media in general is really funny because all of us have like hundreds of that, sometimes thousands of friends on our social media accounts. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how many relationships can we actually foster in the real world? It's like you can't, but Mm. we're attached to these things where we're convinced that we're connected with hundreds of people. We're really not, but we feel like we're supposed to be. So we feel like we lose sight sometimes of like what is most important. And that is just like everybody controlling their making sure that their family is taken care of and those things and make sure that stuff's in place before you start focusing on the rest of the world. And that's how the local music scene can be mm-hmm. sometimes. Everybody's so focused on the bigger picture. And it's like, well, if your fucking band's falling apart, that's not a reflection of the rest of the scene. I yeah. feel like if the music scene is a neighborhood, everybody should just focus on their houses and make their house the dopest house it could possibly be. And then all of a sudden you have a cool neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then you have little friendly block parties and everybody gets together. And you I have your little shows. That. that is the perfect way to put it. That's what it should be. And then with the 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 politics thing, I don't really know what to say about it other than people. Yeah, just I don't get, even know what we're talking about. People, well, no, I, I, I was just kind of like steer, like making an analogy between just the way people um, – engage with so much stuff now and people put a lot of things on their plate because everybody's taking in so much information and uh with um like politics in general sure there's crazy shit going on and like i think there's always been crazy things that have happened Mm -hmm. in the world but a lot of things and a lot of sorts of of entertainment i think were created to be temporary escapes yeah from these sorts of and now it's like you can't even watch football without but now it doesn't happen it's Mm -hmm. like we're not even allowed to watch a star wars movie without having to be reminded of what's going on Mm -hmm. not saying that like you should be forgetful or 
ignorant to the world, but also like I should be able to watch like SpongeBob SquarePants yeah. and not have to deal with or like, South Park. Yours, yeah, you know, well, I mean, South Park's a different story. I yeah. think that, that, that that's I think that's the whole reason that show yeah. exists. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like very simple things. It just seems like there's not like there's hardly any entertainment that I can watch mm-hmm. um, without being reminded of it. Yeah, and then like. It's a bit of a bummer, but I totally get it. Yeah, yeah. the I, world doesn't revolve around me and my personal interests. I gotta, <laughs> you gotta empathize with what other people want to do. But it just seems like really shitty when people use like. It seems like sometimes it gets shoehorned into like market something in the way that like a female fronted does. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, this is like we're woke. And like, okay, it's cool, but also like this is SpongeBob SquarePants. Exactly. Can't we just enjoy the art for what it is without like having an opinion or criticizing it or, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Strange times. We're all figuring it out. The world's moving really fast. It's hard to keep How up. dare you wear that green shirt for your podcast today? Yeah. This is the only green shirt I have. Which know. it's typo negative. And like, I grew up listening to them in the early nineties. So like, I think it's badass. you know? Thanks. That's nice of you. Hey, no problem, man. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, I think another thing too, and I had mentioned this with Katie, and this is where I'm going to end the political thing Mm -hmm. is it's like a lot of people don't want to talk about it. And I understand that, but I also wonder in dialogues, if you open it up, how many people actually know what they're talking about? Like Mm -hmm. everybody has so much different information. So it's hard to even think about it or talk about it because there's so much going on. It's like the star Wars canon. It's like, I don't know, I don't know what is from what or who's on what side, what's, you know, who was a Jedi, who's the dark side, what, what planet is what, I don't know. I can tell you who's on the, or should we still talk about politics? (laughs) I can tell you who's on the dark side. (laughs) I want to know what I do want to know. I'm just going to make an assumption because I'm a Ninja Turtles guy too. I grew up with the playing cards and just everything, man. I'm going to say your favorite's Michelangelo. That's mine, but who is your favorite? Um, So... In my later years, I've definitely gravitated towards Raphael, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Mikey was my childhood favorite. I would say yeah. if like if you're into spirituality and like yin and yang, mm-hmm. my yin and yang would be Michelangelo. Okay. And Raphael. But honestly, I think there's maybe a little bit of Donatello in me. And maybe a little bit of Leonardo too. Sure. You know, I've been a leader and sometimes I've been a bit of a tech nerd. Mm-hmm. They all like pizza, Probably, right? probably Michelangelo is exactly. probably the one that I relate with the least. Really? Yeah, because I'm not much of a, a party dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm more about, I don't know, I'm more about like being responsible and grumpy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so Raphael. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I just like, pizza dude's got 30 seconds, man. Like, I don't know. I, I'd consider myself like a Michelangelo. Like whenever I... You know, I was telling her earlier, like, I'm a pushover when it comes to my kids. Like, I just like, like, I like to have that mentality, you know, they'll ask me like, hey, dad, could I have that cookie or could I have that ice cream? I'm like, yeah, dude. Party dad. Yeah. But even like thinking about it, like with this podcast, I feel more like a splinter mm. than yeah. anything else. That's the 34-ness in you. Yeah, I guess so. Yep. You're, you're, you know, in the mid thirties, you start to, I guess, become mature. I don't know. I still feel like a kid. And I think that's like. It's funny, you know, my grandfather, he's 84 years old and I just feel like, you know, age, embrace age because I think, I don't know, I had a hard time at one point, like leaving my 20s going into your 30s, which I'd consider 30s the prime. But, you know, my grandfather's 84 and I go up and see him once a month and I kind of take care of him. And, you know, it's somewhat depressing because like I see like it really bothers him that he can't like get up and physically do the things that he wants to do. And it, it bothers me. But 
I guess my point is like, we went to the doctors last week. I took him and he's been having like aches and pains in his knees. And I've been like, dude, take CBD. So he's been taking CBD oil. And so I wanted a nurse to reiterate it to him. Like, yes, keep taking CBD. Like it's the best miracle drug out there. And uh, to the point where she actually convinced him to get his medical marijuana card. So like, we're going to do that. He just got uh, the swab in the in the mail. We overnighted it to him. My aunt has a card. So it's like THC like that you could rub on with lotion. And I don't know what my point was with this little ramble, but aging. I guess aging, just embrace age. Like my grandfather's 84, but he still acts like he probably did when he was a kid. Yeah. And we're all going to get to that point. And it's depressing for me to see because I love him so much. Like I'm super active like he is. And he's always like, just like never stop because you're going to get to a point and it bothers him that he can't get up and like take a walk down his like dirt road anymore. And, you know, so just be a Ninja Turtle at heart. Well, man. I think what's interesting about going through all this like self-evaluation stuff, thinking about my life. And, you know, very quick backstory, I was kicked out when I was 17, so I never went to college, couldn't afford it or anything, you know, just started working and only child. So no brothers or sisters, Mm -hmm. lots of connections with most of my family for different reasons. And I was pretty much just like on this bubble where of like who I had matured to be at 17, I was kind of stuck in that. Mm -hmm. for at least 10 years if not more just because it was like always like just paycheck work work and i'm also doing music and art and watching cartoons and things like that and like growing up for me was so much different because like there was no foundation for me to understand what being an adult was Mm -hmm. uh nobody in my family was very successful at anything uh shout outs to y'all wherever you are (laughs) and uh the people that I was around, I'm in like, you know, the local music scene, local, local music, local music <laughs> scene, uh, art scene. And like, I'm around some responsible people, but a lot of like, not very responsible people. And then like, you get into this cycle where like, you're getting older and older, but like, I'm not like, I'm still like making music for people that are younger. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's like, okay, now I'm 27 years old, still making music for 18 year olds. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like everybody, I'm still in the scene. I'm always around younger people and like, okay. And then it starts to click in my head. Like, okay, like this is getting weird. I'm at a basement show and like, there's a bunch of underage kids drinking. Why the fuck am I here? I'm like mm-hmm. 28 years old. Mm-hmm. This is weird. And I'm like, it start. it took time, but it started to click. And now I'm at a thing where, you know, what I probably should have been focused on 10 years ago. Now it's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, let's focus more on the house. Let's what, what is politics? Let's figure these things out. I'm just starting to actually pay attention to this shit because like, I don't know. Now's a good time to, Mm -hmm. because the world's a little bit wacky. And, uh, but that's like the first time in my life where I'm thinking about all this stuff. And the end point is like, there is a dark side to being an artist where if you surround yourself with like rock star immature mm-hmm. type people, it can like really be a detriment to like your adult life moving uh, forward. For sure. So I think that like sometimes it's really good to assess who you are around and make sure that the people you're around and you're playing in bands with or bands that you're playing with or places that you're playing, like those are healthy environments. Yeah. Uh, very, because it, it can really affect you as a person. Like to be in a situation where like, you know, like, like you said, like you were going to have a kid and you were joining this band. We're talking about this downstairs and yeah. or maybe it was up here. I can't mm-hmm. remember uh, at this point. But uh, 
And like we've everybody, been here for 14 yeah, hours. <laughs> it was cool because like you were talking about how everybody was comfortable with you being able to take that time off mm-hmm. and they were intimidated by it. Whereas like if it was a group of people that just don't have their shit together or understand that there's a world that exists outside mm-hmm. of the band, yeah. they may be like, oh, this, this is going to be the end of the band. Yeah. Like, we can't do this because yeah. like, I have no idea what responsibilities are. And yeah, in your 20s, you would be so naive to yeah. think that. And that's. Like, great, you're making the point. When you're in your 20s, like, of course, I wanted to be a rock star and I wanted to do all this. But the older you get, you realize, you know, I mean, you have to have thick skin in this game. I mean, there's so many just it's like, you know, someone saying you're too fat to be a model. Um, You know, your song isn't good enough to be on the radio. You know, just do it because you're passionate about it. And that's whenever it becomes what it is. You know, don't have all these expectations. I feel like in most circumstances, if somebody tells you you can't do something, they're just saying they can't do exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And they're somewhat envious or jealous, really. Yeah. And I mean, kudos to you because, it, I mean, you've you've done a lot. And it's, it's yeah, cool congrats, to see. Man. Um, but I also think it's cool to see someone who, like, gets into a, a place where they're they're building a life for themselves that they like. And, it's, and just you said this before, but it's not based on a certain idea of, you know, what success is, but it's, it's down. They've, yeah. they've figured out what, what they want and yeah. what success looks like I, to them. A, a few years ago, I was playing in a band with someone that said something to me that is probably one of the most infuriating things that anyone has ever said to me in my life. Mm-hmm. It, it, was it, you're in a good local band? No, no, it <laughs> was, sorry. it was, it, I was playing in a band mm-hmm. with this person mm-hmm. and it was just one of these things where like, I don't know if it was like malicious intent, but basically they were just kind of like chastising me for like, you know, like, hey, like, I think that, you know, you need to do more for this band and like we need to be like touring and this needs to be a focus and all of these things. And it's just like, I don't know right now. Like, I get where you're coming from, but my argument was just like, okay. I have a job that I care about a lot. I have a house that I care about a lot, a partner that I care about a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm fostering all of these things. Like my life and everything's here. Like I'm in a really healthy, good place. I've yeah. never been here before. And he was just like, it just sounds like you're just like taking the safe road, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that makes me Fuck itch. you. Just nah, because you like you don't have yourself. anything mm-hmm. positive going on for yourself. You're going to put your negative shit or on just me. just want mm-hmm. something different. You yeah. Know, like-, it, like it was so infuriating, but also like, Looking back on it, it was the first time that I like really realized, and I don't think this was his intention, was like I realized, fuck, like I'm actually in a really good place that yeah. like mm-hmm. I'm getting upset about this. You, you have something to defend, like, which I can't, is pretty yeah, cool. I don't want to take – thing. don't take what you have for granted. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to do that. Mm-hmm. It's – like thinking about it now. Yeah. They hate I you think, because I think, they I hate think, you. I think that dude's <laughs> in a better place now than he was then, so uh, – Way to go, dude. Yeah, way to go, dude. If you if you know who you are, it's I mean, we we we're around each other. We no longer play in a band together. Mm-hmm. But I think that like, you know, he was just in a certain place sure. and some of that uh some of that personal shit was kind of getting projected yeah. onto me. The, empathy. That's a big thing that I'm uh yeah. empathy is huge. Twenty nineteen, empathy was my uh my uh if closest thing to a new year's resolution i suppose yeah, would be I like under, that. Uh, understanding more people when mm-hmm. somebody's coming at me with some negative energy you just got to figure out okay like yeah yeah what's going on with you and and I I th- we've been talking a lot about like i mean we're going back and forth to this aging thing this aging theme which i think is is kind of a funny maturing thing, maturing um but i think one of one of my favorite things about 
being a woman in my thirties instead of in my twenties is like, I, you know, I know what I don't want to do and I'm, I will say what I don't want to do. And it's, it's like, a, just like you said, it's a good thing for someone to say like, Hey, I, th- I think maybe you should be spending more. We need more of you in here. And, and for you to feel strongly like, Nope, don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Or like, Nope, I feel good about what I'm doing. And being able to articulate that is, is something that, you know, not everyone has and not everyone has had their whole life. So it's good to feel like the power of no, which uh, welcome yeah. back to my TED talk. It was my but. therapist that actually helped me with that. And I guess you want, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you need not to talk to someone, you know, um, I was an only child growing up. So you and I share some of the same similar qualities without going down that road, but phenomenal mother. But yeah, man, I guess my point is like, it's okay to talk to someone and empathy is huge. And just to kind of reiterate those things like, Hey, you're doing a great job or to say, no, that was one of the things I struggled with my whole life. Like anyone could ask me to do anything like, and I'd be like, yeah, for sure. Like I could help you do this, this, and this. And then before you know, like I have no time for myself. I didn't know who I was as a human being anymore. And you have to like find that. And it's okay to say no. Sure. I think there was a thing with me and being, I don't know if it's an only child thing or if it's like an artist thing where, especially with music where ultimately, even if you're making music by yourself, you want other people to hear it. So there's this thing where it's like this desperate need for social. Mm -hmm. And as a result, you end up start saying yes to everything just Mm -hmm. because like you want to have friends, you want to be in the scene, you want to be a part of things, you want to be active. So yeah, I'll help you do this. Yeah, I'll help you do this. And then like you said, all of a sudden it's just like, fuck, I'm helping everybody but myself. Exactly. You have to make time for yourself. It's very important. Mm-hmm. And people tend to forget that. Yeah. And also... Hydration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hydration is also very important. I think that uh, if you want... In, in order to like do something right, you have to actually want to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's always annoying when somebody's like telling you something that you should do that you don't want to do and they can't get it through their head. It's like... I don't want to do this. So even if I do do it, it's going to be half-assed. And what's the point? Mm -hmm. Also, I I think not giving a – like I think it took me a long time to figure out you don't always have to give a reason. (laughs) You know, you don't need a reason to not want to do something. You can just Mm -hmm. not want to do it. And if it's it's not hurting anybody and it's your – like it's your prerogative and you don't have to explain to someone. Yeah, no. It's – my point, my thing is like, okay, if somebody's not going to be understanding of what's going on in my life, fuck them. Yeah, exactly. I probably shouldn't have helped them in the first place, ungrateful turds. It's true what they say. You know who your true friends are the older you get. And, you know, I've lost a lot of best friends over the years who I thought were my friends. But you know what? Like, I'm very uh, I'm very lucky to have a lot of the same core friends that I had when I was young. And I had an experience when I was young. I lost two of my best friends in a car accident, which I was in. And it made me look at life differently. It was at 16, Dave and Tim. Um, But I just, I personally feel like my beliefs growing up as a Catholic, not to go down that road, but I believe that because of them and I I have four kids and I'm blessed and I have a beautiful home and I don't know, man, I just, I believe that they're a part of it and that's my beliefs. And I know not this day and age, it's like hard for me to even say that because I feel like everyone judges me like, oh, well, you know, you believe in God, like. Listen, I have my beliefs and I'm totally comfortable with saying that. And, you know, we're human beings at the end of the day. And whether someone believes what I personally believe, that's okay. Like we could have a conversation, but now it's like almost hard to have that conversation without feeling like someone's going to judge you. No, it's, it's, I think it's, it's uh, the best part about 
having friends is, is being able to talk about your differences and mm-hmm. like, and respecting and there someone needs to be for more their of beliefs. that in 2020. I respecting, think. respecting someone for what they believe or what they mm-hmm. don't believe. I think exactly. like, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a, that's a fine line when we're talking, we're joint hands here. <laughs> when, we, when, when we get into, uh, if you start doing that and it, gets anywhere political that's where mm-hmm. that, yeah, that changes a lot because it's one of those things where it's like sure i we should respect each other and what we believe but then it's like it's very it's vicious man. again yeah, i don't you, know yeah, I don't, you I don't, can't I don't, infringe as long as it it stays personal and it doesn't infringe on anyone else's rights or beliefs mm-hmm. like it's yeah. it's a beautiful thing to have yeah. a personal belief like I was born, bred and raised like somewhat more conservative in my family. So for someone to sit there and say, you're wrong for being pro-life or, you know, like you're totally entitled to your opinion and what you believe, but you're not going to change mine. But let's have a healthy conversation and understand one another. And that's where I think like this day and age, it just doesn't happen. People yeah. are just set in their ways and it's like you either agree with me or you don't. Yeah. So that's why, you know. We should talk more. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I want to keep chatting with y'all, but I have another episode coming in shortly and we've been going for over an hour anyways. It goes so quick, man. Time flies when you're having fun. Time does fly when you're having fun. So let's do this before we wrap things up. One more time. Let's shout out the shows. Let's shout out um, where people can find your music on the interwebs. Sounds good. You could find us on MySpace. Um, you could find really? us on We're Facebook. Really? We're on MySpace? Yeah, I'm joking. Uh, well, you probably can. I don't know. But you could find us on Spotify, Apple Music. We released uh, our first single last year on Mind Over Matter Records. Austin's awesome. We released the 7-inch, which are sold out at this point. But um, back to the show, 2020 is going to be a fun year for Pac. We're not going to hop in a van like we are in our 20s and tour the world. But <laughs> we're certainly going to play some shows in different areas, which we're excited about. On the 18th of January, we get to share the stage with this lovely gentleman right here with Sykes and the New Violence, Dinosaur and Pack, 7 p.m., 10 bucks to get in, support bands. Support cool stuff. Yeah. It's going to be a good night. Support yourself. You should be there. With a fun evening out on the town. Yeah. And if it snows, just... Put your snow tires on and come on out. What else are you going to do in the dead of winter? Oh, yeah. Everybody acts like they've been living in fucking San Francisco exactly. for the past 30 years. And they, oh, yeah. wow. We're Yenzers no. here in Pittsburgh. Come on. Come downtown. I made a, I made a pact with, with the people close in my life that... I, I'm not going to participate in any conversations complaining about the weather this year. It's just like such a waste of time. Oh, so yeah. We get no, it. no. It, it's, <laughs> it's a thing where it's like if you ever wake up and tell yourself that you're going to have a bad day. You're going to have a bad day. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel about people who are like, oh, it's cold outside. I'm going to be cold. Like if it's, if it's in your brain, it's going to be amplified. Yeah. Put on a jacket, a scarf, a, nice, a hat. A nice sweater. And just go. Like, yeah, okay. It's going to be chilly outside. I'm going to accept this Some as more mittens? a responsible person a nice that lives in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Just get over it. Yeah. yeah. But again, people like to complain. People do like to complain. Yes. Let's focus on positivity. Positivity. And with that being said, that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening, Kelly, Justin, mm-hmm. Pack. Thank One more time. Let's fist bump. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I like fist bumps. You know, it's like a. Mm. I'll do it. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll be for back you, again. I'll do it. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2020. Woo woo. Hey, Thanks hey. for listening. Actually, I'll probably put this up sooner because we're promoting a show yeah so who knows it'll come up eventually but yeah 
That's it. And we're done. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Where are my headphones cutting out? I think you need to karate chop it. I was ready to like start like beatboxing and rap it with that. Hello? I think my headphones are bad. Oh, there it is. Sounds great. My headphones are... My name is This cable's going bad. No, no, no. I'm on the beat of Sykes in a major way. Oh. We're going to speak a podcast today. <laughs> Come on, Brian, ask me some questions today. Uh. Well, now that I've fixed my headphones, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah, now this sounds very loud. We're good to go.